Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth, human performance, and culture change. This is your host, Philip Grison. Thank you for joining me on this path. I hope you enlighten others along the way. Hey, everyone. I wanted to share this new tool I've been using lately. It's from Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and it's called the ABCDE model. It's a tool for challenging your initial thoughts and beliefs about a situation and then replacing them with more effective beliefs to achieve better results. But first, I want to mention why these types of tools are so necessary for our life. This human performance path, it's all about thinking differently about safety. Easy to say, hard to do. It's actually extremely difficult for a lot of adults to think differently. We don't just become habitual in the way we think. We find comfort in the way we think. It can actually be comfortable for an adult to think in judgmental ways that don't serve them well. That orneriness or grumpiness can become a label you give yourself that you subconsciously call home. It can be comfortable. You know, something as simple as, I'm the type of person that doesn't take any crap from anyone, can become a comfortable label you give yourself. But if we question, is that attitude really serving me well, then we might find we have room to work on ourselves. And when we do that work, we might also find we achieve better results by changing the way we think. There's a little bit of giving up your identity with this type of work. And that is uncomfortable for most adults. But the fruit from that type of work can be a life-changing personal growth spurt. I've been reading The Power of One More by Ed Milat, and I wanted to share a section on thinking differently with you. Do you ever think about what you think about? The truth is, most people never do. Most people never take control of their thoughts because they don't ask the right questions. Thinking is the process of asking and answering questions of yourself. That's how thought works. You constantly ask and answer questions in your head. If you want to change the quality of your thoughts, you need to change the quality of the questions you ask. I love Ed Milet as a thought leader. And he's so right. We should constantly question the thoughts we think, examine the way we think, and see if we have room to modify our beliefs to achieve better results in life, at home, and at work. So back to the ABCDE model. This is a tool for doing exactly that. Questioning your thoughts and beliefs and forcing yourself to think differently. So let's start with what the letters stand for. A is for the activator. There are circumstances that show up in your life that trigger your dog-like limbic brain. They come at you before you have time to even process them with your enlightened prefrontal cortex. B is for the initial beliefs you have about that activator. Again, most often, those initial beliefs are from your judgmental, threat-assessing limbic system. C is for the consequences of your initial beliefs. They could be self-destructive behaviors or just how you respond to the situation. If we can take an honest look at the consequences of our initial beliefs about an activator, we can question them. And from there, 
we contemplate if we are responding the way we really want to. This allows us to redirect our beliefs and in turn our behaviors. So how do we do this? That's where D comes in. D is for the disputation of our initial beliefs about an activator. If you take the time to prove yourself wrong, you can move to E, which is creating new, more effective beliefs that motivate better behaviors for better results. So A is the activator. B is for your initial beliefs. C is for the consequences of those beliefs. D is for disputing them. And E is for effective new beliefs you choose to think on purpose. So here's a simple example. You see someone you know at the grocery store. You wave at them and they don't wave back. Then you start coming up with awfulized ideas for the reason they didn't wave back. That lack of a wave back is the activator. Your initial beliefs could be something negative like they don't like you anymore or they are mad at you for something. And the consequence of that belief can show up as a behavior. You might turn away or ignore them. You might just feel a negative emotion. D is where you take a moment to dispute that initial thought to prove yourself wrong. This could look like, I have no idea why they didn't wave back. Or maybe they didn't even see me because their thoughts were somewhere else. From there, we can create a new, more effective belief. I really have no idea what's going on with them, but I'm still going to wave, smile, and move on anyway. So the basic idea is to pay attention to the initial thoughts you have about a situation. Question your behaviors based on those initial thoughts. Take the time to prove yourself wrong and then create more effective beliefs that serve you better. I'll give you a couple safety examples. Let's say you walk up on a crew and someone is violating a rule. That would be the activator. Witnessing a safety violation is one of the most common daily activators you will experience in our profession. We will think thoughts about that activator, but those initial thoughts will most likely be negative, judgmental, and lack the awareness of the bigger picture because that's just what our limbic brain does. It judges with limited information. We might initially think they aren't trained well. We might believe that they don't think the rule is important. We might believe they aren't bought into our safety culture. If we believe any of those thoughts, the consequence will most likely be looking at them as a problem to be fixed. And that's the last thing we want to do. Human performance is about becoming a learning culture. It's about looking at every violation or incident as an opportunity to learn from the system influences that contributed to the event, be it a simple violation or a major incident, and to grow our culture through that learning. So the idea is not to try and stop those initial beliefs. It's to learn how to change them after you have them, because you will have them. You will have them about circumstances that activate your limbic brain, because that's just how the brain works. 
But the more we practice the skill, the quicker we become at it. You still will have judgmental thoughts, but you will redirect your thoughts at a quicker pace the more you practice this skill. So let's do the work. Let's dispute those initial beliefs. Maybe they are trained well. They are just dealing with the everyday goal conflicts of production versus safety. Maybe they are going through something personal that you don't even know about. And better yet, I don't know the full story here because an initial belief would never be deep enough to know all of the things influencing their behavior. And this is where creating a new effective belief can serve us. It could look like this violation of a rule is an opportunity for me to learn. It's an opportunity to learn the system influences on this human failure. This situation is a gift for me to improve our safety culture. This violation is happening for me to grow me. If we take the time to do this mental work, we will respond in a completely different manner. Our new behavior will be focused on learning instead of judging. We might respond with, help me understand how we arrive to this scenario where it makes sense to violate a rule. If we do this work with genuine humility, we will learn valuable information to improve our workplace systems. And as a side benefit, we will strengthen our relationships with those who do the work. And from there, we will increase buy-in. So here's another example. Say you have been studying event learning and you want to move away from the old school root cause analysis type of investigation. But let's also say you are working for a client that requires you to do root cause. Like an incident occurs and your client demands you fill out the root cause analysis form and have it turned in by tomorrow afternoon. Your initial belief about that scenario might be your client doesn't get it and they never will. The consequences of this could be giving up on your efforts to shift away from RCA to event learning. It might just be internal feelings of hopelessness that this project and this client's understanding will never change. But you could dispute those beliefs. Like maybe your client doesn't know about the value of event learning. Maybe they will be open to change one day in the future. Maybe they just aren't ready yet. How much do they really know about human performance? It could be they do have the ability to change how they manage safety. They just are at a different point on the path than me. Then you could create a new, more effective belief. It could be, I'm going to do this RCA for my client to make them happy but I'm also going to do my own event learning session for myself. This could lead to better consequences like influencing your client and making them curious about why you are doing something different internally. It could give you hope to see that there are still some things in your control, even though not everything is. You could still learn to prevent a future incident, even though you had to work twice as hard satisfying your client with their old school root cause analysis process. So none of this is easy, but true growth never is, right? 
We just have to be willing to do the hard work to grow ourselves and our self-awareness of what our brain is doing. But hopefully you can see the benefits, the fruit of doing this type of work. If we are going to be leaders, we have to do the hard things. And not everyone's meant to be a leader. Not everyone will do this type of work. But if you are listening to this, I know you are a leader because you have a commitment to growth. And it's evident in the fact that you're taking time out of your day to even listen to this. So back to the model. I've been using this a lot lately in my personal life, and it fits that personal growth model because it helps me at work and at home. I found the best use of this tool comes from writing it down. Pen and paper, a Word doc, Excel, some form of actually documenting it, it takes it to another level. When I write down my initial beliefs about an activator, I have the ability to look at them from an external view. It's me stepping outside of myself and looking back at myself from another place. And when I do that, I can see that dog brain, the limbic system, with all its emotional, judgmental thoughts. You know, we we tend to awfulize things with our limbic system. But when I write those thoughts down, I can see the insanity there. By separating myself from myself, I can see that there will always be this part of my brain that awfulizes. But I also have the power to separate myself from it, to disconnect. My limbic system is working at the speed of light, and my intellectual mind just isn't fast enough to keep up with it and stop it in the act. But my intellectual mind does have the power to step away, look back at myself and my thoughts, and redirect. That's where my power lies. And that brings me hope. I do have power here. I'm not in control of everything my brain does, but I do have an ability to influence myself. And so here is the other benefit of writing these things down. After I take a hard, honest look at the initial beliefs of my limbic brain, and after I do the work to dispute them, then I can create new, more effective beliefs. And when I write those new, more effective beliefs down or type them in a Word document, I am programming my brain. I am programming the filter in my brain that processes that kind of information. You see, we all have this filter in our brain. It tends to look for what we are comfortable with. If we are comfortable looking for safety violations to fix, our subconscious brain is always on the lookout for them. But if we program that filter to look for something different, over time, it starts to do it on an unconscious level. And that's where we can really shift our thinking and our behaviors. 
So when I write down more effective beliefs, like a safety violation is an opportunity for me to learn system influences, I'm not just redirecting my brain in the moment. I am also programming my subconscious for the future. The more I write these new effective beliefs down, the more I reread them over and over again, I am training my brain what to look for at a subconscious level. You know, I've been doing that in my personal life lately. I've been training my subconscious. There are qualities I want to be on the lookout for in people. But I want to train my brain to look for them at a subconscious level so I don't have to remember to do it. I've made a list of qualities I want of the people in my inner circle, and I reread it often. It's training my brain. And the funny thing is I'm seeing it start to work. I see myself attracted to those qualities that I'm writing down before I even recognize what my brain is doing. And I'm also noticing that people with those qualities are becoming more attracted to me, coming up to me without me always having to make the effort first. Isn't that kind of weird? Our brain is an amazing tool if we do the work to keep it in check. But it can take us down if we don't learn how to manage it. We are blessed with all these great self-awareness tools in our modern world today. The thing is, we have to set aside some time to do the work. And that work usually comes from writing it down to really get the benefit. But if we do do that work, we can train our mind, even at a subconscious level, to do amazing things in this world. I hope you do the work, and I hope you all have a beautiful day. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review. If you want to connect further, reach out at leaderthink.com.